Episode 25 Then God remembered Noah. Genesis 8, verses 1 to 5 Verse 1 But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and tame animals with him in the boat. Isn't it amazing to look around and think about the number and variety of animals on the earth now? And imagine that a little more than 4,000 years ago, every living thing on earth fit inside a single ship on the sea. God remembered every one of them then, and as difficult as that may be for us to comprehend, he knows every one of them now. Jesus told us this when he walked among us. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground, apart from your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Matthew 10, verses 29 to 31. God knows and remembers every sparrow, and he knows the numbers of the hair on your head. Don't worry if you think he's forgotten you. He hasn't. He certainly has his eye on you as you walk through your trials and struggles. He is right there with you. Verse 1 continues. God made a wind blow over the earth and the water went down. A wind passed over the earth if the winds were on a global scale and the earth's poles were no longer under the protective layer of the pre-flood world. The water being picked up by the winds would gather at the poles and freeze. Verse 2 The underground springs stopped flowing and the clouds in the sky stopped pouring down rain. The water that covered the earth began to go down. After 150 days, the water had gone down so much that the boat touched land again. The wind and the draining of the water began to stabilize and subside. And after five months, the waters began to decrease. This is exactly as you would expect it to after such a global cataclysm. Winds blowing, the fountains of the deep finishing their release of water, the end of the waters falling from the pre-flood canopy and the rains stopping. It came to rest on one of the mountains of Ararat. This was on the seventeenth day of the seventh month. The water continued to go down. 
by the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains could be seen. The exact depth of the ark was the exact height of the water over the mountain God intended Noah to land on. God didn't just remember Noah. He pre-planned before the creation of the world for the exact amount of water to be in the canopy above and the great deep below. He had to plan the exact spot that Noah would build the ark. He had to plan the exact waves that would lap the side of the ark as it floated month after month. He had to know exactly what winds would push its beams to take it to the exact spot where it would get stuck on a particular mountaintop at a specific moment in world history. The execution of the plan had to be accomplished to the very finest detail, and there's no reason to believe this wasn't the case. The entire account shows a minute perfection of detail that is beautiful to contemplate. But there is one more point about this particular day, the 17th, which is even more beautiful than anything you may have ever considered about the flood of Noah and how it points to Jesus Christ and his amazing work. He would have been crucified on the 14th day of the 7th month and raised on the 16th day. The 17th would have been the day after his resurrection. This might be a little hard to follow, but the Bible uses two calendars, the creation calendar and the redemption calendar. Until the time of the Exodus, the calendar started in the fall. But at the Exodus, the first month was changed to the spring. The 17th day of the seventh month in the creation calendar is the 17th day of the first month of the redemption calendar. The Passover occurs on the 14th day of the first month, and the resurrection happened, according to the Bible, on the Sunday after the Passover, the 16th day of the first month. Can you see this great pattern? Think on it. A global curse from sin. Christ descends to rescue the world and is crucified whilst redeeming the world. Christ is innocent, therefore rises. Each person alive today has the human right to acknowledge this and call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and receive the new birth. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And then comes the new day. From now on out, the curse is reversed, picturing the Holy Spirit's work of sanctification or cleansing as the waters drain away.
And just as astonishing is the meaning that the Bible's scholar James Strong assigns to the name of Ararat. Ararat means the curse is reversed. The curse is reversed. On the same day that the ark struck the ground and held fast, the waters began to subside. The curse of the waters was now being reversed at the exact same moment that Noah was brought to the safety of the land called Ararat. The curse is reversed. Noah and his ark then is a picture of the true reversal of the curse which began at the fall of man in chapter 3 of Genesis, only five chapters after the fall. Noah is given as a sign of what was to come. Paul tells us that we were redeemed from the curse at the cross. The resurrection proves it to us, and thus the curse is reversed. Hallelujah and Amen.